Greetings. Welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. I'm Foley. And joining us today is our very new crewman, Jay. Hey, guys. Welcome aboard, Jay. So, welcome back. Here it is, Season 2, Episode 1, The Child. The Child. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, precisely. The Child is bad. It's top-notch. It's it's a reworked uh, Star Trek Phase 2 episode, and I don't know, it kind of shows. It it doesn't really fit the tone of Next Gen, not to my not to my mind anyways. Well, and as well, you know, they, they this is the first one with Pulaski, who is basically Ugh. just a rewrite of Bones. God, Pulaski is the worst. We got a lot of new stuff happening. The start of the season, right? yeah. there's a bunch of changes. Yeah, tons, tons. Yeah. Take us through them. All right. Well, as mentioned, we now have a new chief medical officer on the Enterprise. Dr. Beverly Cusher has uh, taken over, I guess she's now in charge of Starfleet Medical. Yeah, she's the head of Starfleet Medical because that was obviously the only job one can take after having been the chief medical officer aboard the Enterprise. They didn't give her like an internship there, or, like yeah, a no, residence just, or anything. No, you're just in charge. Yeah, come run everything. Also, okay. Isn't that also a job for an administrator? One Not, would imagine so. Anyway, but, yeah. anyway, whatever. Crusher is now there. Um, Crusher's crushing it over at uh, Starfleet Med. Mm-hmm. The younger Crusher. Now in his new gray jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Turtleneck with, sweater jumpsuit. Kind yeah. of sweater Oof. vest suit. Kind with, of ribbed. With, with lower back split flare coming up from the hands. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's so strange. And uh, the ensign communicator badge is all silver. Yeah, he's he's a full acting ensign now, as opposed to like, pretend yeah. acting ensign from before. Uh, I'm not I, sure. I could use the term acting very loosely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. Let's say acting. I see what you did there. there. That's a sick burn. We're sorry, Mr. Wheaton. Uh, I'm sorry. Jay <laughs> probably isn't very. Whatever. I'm never sorry. No. Jay has no remorse. There's some other awesome costume changes. Both uh, Worf and Jordy have been have upgraded to yellow outfits. Yeah, they're in the gold now, baby. They're in the gold. Yeah, Jordy's now like the chief engineer on the ship. And Worf doesn't have the frilly slat sash anymore. Yeah, now yeah. now he's got like the bike chain style yeah, which sash. Yeah, which is much tougher. Much more hardcore. Yeah. And Worf is now in the gold as he should have been from the very beginning, considering that he has always been security. Well, he's chief of security instead of like assistant Yeah, but like everyone officer? else in security wears gold. It was, Worf was the only member of security in red. It was because of the sash. They're not going to let him go gold well, I know on gold. it's because of the sash. That's the funny thing. Is like he had a gold <laughs> sash. And so the only reason that Worf was in red was because they didn't want... They, they needed something that clashed with the gold sash because the gold sash would have faded in. Like, it just would have been disappeared into the gold of the uniform. I mean, I know you're talking about this from a wardrobe department perspective, but I'm saying, like, Worf showed up on the first day like at uniform distribution, like at the outfitter for the Enterprise. He yeah. showed up in his, in his hoodie with his gold sash on. And they're like, no, <laughs> no, dude. Like, he's like, the sash dude. Oh, my stars and garters, no. The sash days. <laughs> yeah, so it, then they're like, yeah, what are we going to do? Okay, red sash for you, jerk. <laughs> um, let's see, what, what else do we got? Ten Forward makes its debut in this episode, along with yeah. uh, our resident uh, bartender, Guinan. Guinan. Who's a, I really like her addition to the show. I found Guinan's addition to Next Gen... Initially, I thought it was going to be terrible. Even as a child, when this first happened, I was like, Whoopi Goldberg on Star Trek? Boo! But then it turned out to be really good. It's it's better than pretty much anything else she did in the 90s. Really and truly. Like, what was that movie where she coached the Knicks? <laughs> Eddie? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Eddie. <laughs> I always wanted like a Guinan Eddie crossover. <laughs> <laughs> she's just uh, Guinan coaching yeah, the Knicks. What about the one where she's a cop and her partner's a dinosaur? Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> oh. Theodore Rex. Theodore Rex. Stop. Whoa. Yeah, that's a real thing. Now that one could cross over with that's track. That's very strange. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, the the <laughs> world of cop. movies in the 80s and 90s, man, there was some... The, the uh, bygone era of uh, direct-to-video, it's not the same as it once was. But she was a big enough star that none of that stuff was direct-to-video. That that was all, like, theatrical releases. Did Theater Rex make it to theaters? Really? I think it did. Wow, I had no I, idea. I saw Sister Act 2 in oh, theaters. God. Oh, that was totally Sister Act 2. Sister Act, <laughs> Sister Act 1 made a lot of money. Well, Sister Act 1 made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. What about um, Sister Act 2 back in the habit <laughs> and that is the delicious pun there's those that 80s her 80s run she was uh there's that movie fatal beauty where she plays a cop and her she's her partner is the guy who does the dodge ram commercials oh. at least the voice of the dodge ram commercials okay um his name he was on justified recently mm. i don't know anyway whatever um, I, I only really remember like burglar like the Hamburglar? <laughs> oh, where, where she was a cat burglar. Oh, right. What? Right, I remember that. It wasn't that. very good. It was a pretty in, generic movie. Wasn't she in Jumpin' Jack Lash? Yes, oh, she yes. was. She, she was the star. Yeah. yeah. I always confuse that with Action Jackson in my head for oh, some reason, that, which is not her. I believe that's, that's Carl Weathers. That's Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you put Carl Weathers and... Uh, and uh, Whoopi Goldberg into a movie. You got a stew going on, baby. Oh yeah! If you're gonna recast Guinan with Carl Weathers, would that hurt or improve the show? <laughs> Carl Weathers of the '80s or Carl Weathers today? Uh, well, I assume in flashbacks. I mean, he's an alien, right? Long lived. So, yeah. like in in the in the show, it would be young Carl Weathers. But then when you flash back in time, mm-hmm. like in the fifth season when they go back to like you know Mark Twain's era, it would yeah. be old <laughs> Carl Carl Weathers. Oh, I see. That's uh, that's the ages in reverse. So. I, oh, I, just I like, gotta say lateral just like move. Mork from Ork. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. What was that, Jay? I, I gotta say lateral move. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I love Carl Weathers. Yeah, I, I, I'd be down for either. Yeah. yeah. No. Cool. Okay. I'll add Carl Weathers to our uh, to our list of uh, of recasts. Well, that's the thing. We didn't have Guinan in season one. Yeah. So. Exactly. So yeah. now that now if we can add uh, him to season he'd be my two. early vote. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, you know, I'm when they it. get to like movie seven of J.J. Uh, Abrams, you know, they, they yeah. can start bringing in the next gen cast and do <sighs> their version of Generations. It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh man. Um, so we haven't actually talked about the episode yet. You well, know why we are not? We don't want <laughs> right? to. It's so bad. Okay. Well. Then yeah. let's keep going with the fiddly crap. <laughs> so the chairs at the con stations are now much more upright than they were last season. Yeah. Last season they were super reclined. Like you you were practically laying down as you were driving the ship. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the second season of a newly established hit show, right? Mm-hmm. They, they like had time to sort of reflect on where the show might be going. There's yeah. a lot of set improvements. They've maybe got a better budget now. Yeah, they've like got they nicer know. carpets. Yeah, they've been renewed, right? So they have the yeah. security that they can know they can invest a bit more in some of the stuff. Yeah, although season two was a tenuous thing because of the writer's strike, right. the only reason Next Gen happened for season two and that we got a season two was because of all of the scripts that they had that they could retool from uh, Star Trek Phase 2. Mm-hmm. It hadn't been for that, we would have lost Next Gen after season one. Which, spoiler alert for you know you guys who for some reason haven't seen season two, it's mostly shit, just like season one. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first two seasons of Next Gen are pretty dire, but uh, we are very quickly uh, moving towards season three and that's when shit gets great Mm -hmm. so I'm excited about that Um, so the bare bones of this episode is that uh, Tinkerbell finds herself trapped on the Enterprise she decides to impregnate Deanna Troy with herself get born get born as a boy live for a day and a half but age like seven years uh, and then fuck off because her presence its presence is a danger to the crew and also the Enterprise is delivering uh, a honeycomb yeah. of 
plague to some research station so that they can unplague other people. Yeah. I think that about covers it, Pla- yes. Plasma plague, was it? Plasma, plasma plague. plague. Deadly plasma, plasma plague. plague. Oh, man, the worst kind of plague. Yeah. Uh, handled by veteran actor Seymour Cassell, who yeah. uh, I'm a big fan of. He, he's in a lot of classic John Cassavetes films. Uh, he's not really the sort of person that I would expect to see on a silly 80s sci-fi show. Yeah. Silly? At this point, <laughs> come on. I don't know. He's terribly silly. You're going to wear a red shirt, son. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it, was, it wasn't Rip Taylor. He yeah, does look he, like Rip Taylor. He, he, he looks a lot looks like, like Rip Taylor. A, yes. Like a young, buff Rip Taylor. And that's weird to say <laughs> because he's not young in this. Like, he's an old man in this. <laughs> that dude's 50 <laughs> at least. He might be the same age as Rip Taylor, actually. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, well... Your swift but brutal uh, <laughs> summation of the plot was not unlike the um, Troy's uh, carrying of her infant mm-hmm. from from gestation to birth in Although eight I hours, would, ten hours. Yeah, I would say that uh, our summation much more painful than her uh, childbirth was because apparently hers was painless, and for us it was like nonstop agony. The episode itself was painful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's rough. Um, yeah, but the alien entity, I guess, wanted to experience what it was like to be human. I guess interact I mean, with it, humans on I, a ship. So. What better way to do that than to rape someone? Apparently, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's something that they really don't address in the episode. That's kind of disturbing. Well, yeah, yeah. Because like you see that that part where she is asleep in bed, and yeah, and you see she the feels light. it. And he's like, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, the light. You see the light traveling under up, her, up her legs. Yeah, uh, under the covers yeah. and disappearing. Uh, yeah. Well, she bonds well with the baby once it's born, and it you know goes from age zero to eight in a day. Essentially, yeah. I think it's two days. Cause, you know, there, there's Maybe the first two. day where he's playing with yeah. the puppies, and then the next day he dies. Yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty truncated life, but that's all to the good. Troy, because Troy has plenty of time to be. Well, imagine attached, if though. it had been an entire season with oh, this child. Oh, good lord, no. no. <laughs> We, we get like that a later. Season we, arc with Alexander. Oh, oh yeah, Christ. God, we get Alexander later, and that's already you know that's enough. Almost like in some <laughs> barring Pulaski and uh, uh, there's, there's got to be Deanna's some, mom, my least favorite. There's got to be some T, there's got to be some TNG fanfic out there where where Ian remains on the crew along with Alexander and Lol. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's like all of kids. Oh man, they go on little kids adventures. Do you remember oh, that uh, <laughs> Alexander was played by? Uh, the youngest Keaton from Family Ties. Really? Yes, Brian Bonzal played uh, Alexander and was the uh, the youngest Keaton family member. Mm. The the kid they threw into Family Ties to try to reignite the show once it was in its dwindling years. I thought that was DiCaprio. No, no, that's that, that's uh, Growing Pains. Oh, it's Growing Pains. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Because DiCaprio he joins the show as like a uh, you know like he's mm. like in his early teens. Brian Bonzal was, you know, like a five-year-old. Oh, okay, okay. You know, he's a precocious child. What what show was it? Was it was it um was it Roseanne where they had a kid and then like they fast forward aged it to like seven or eight almost right away? I think that was Family Matters. Was that Family Matters? Family Matters. Family what, with Matters. Urkel? No, no. no. Uh, family. With, with Family Matters, they had the youngest daughter, and one episode, you know, at the end of the episode, they all go upstairs. Uh, one episode, she went upstairs. She never came back. Yeah, she was gone. <laughs> but she was eliminated from the show. She family became Matters. Had a little had a little boy, but then they fast forwarded that boy to being you know like six because like they had a baby. Oh right, okay. Like they had a baby, but then they they grew that baby up really fast. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. I, I thought they did that on Growing Pains too. 
I don't think so. Not growing pains. Um, uh, well, I don't know. Anyway, no, and Roseanne. Silver spoons? Rose- Not Roseanne. Roseanne. There was DJ, Becky, and Darlene. Yeah, and the, just I don't the three re- kids. There was know. never another one. Kids. Okay, unless right. we're going to count Galecki, and I don't think we will. No, he he was uh, Darlene's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which show had Boner? Oh, that Boner. That was. Uh, <sighs> I think that was uh, I don't know was that was that Star Trek the original no series? that was Growing Pains as well yeah yeah Boner was uh, he was the friend yeah best friend of <laughs> it's been so long since I've watched that Michael show. J. Seaver yeah or, I think yeah are, I think so are we sure there wasn't a character on Voyager called Boner no yes okay. uh, oh, on uh, <laughs> I think Star Trek Neelix oh I think of Neelix never mind I think Neelix is the is in Neelix's species language Neelix means boner. <laughs> means Boner <laughs> okay um, Boner 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 <laughs> I, I guess I should note that I am not very much into Star Trek lore. I'm, I, I'm mainly into the original series, the mm-hmm. next gen. I haven't seen all of it yet. That's fine. Uh, so so this is kind of new for me. Uh, some of this will be my first time going through some don't, of it. Don't feel too bad. None of us are into lore that much. He sucks. He's <laughs> <This is laughs> terrible, terrible well, character. Lore is awful. Uh, so I don't know anything. Of, like I've seen a couple episodes of Deep Space Nine. Nothing from Voyager. Nothing from Enterprise. Um, uh, I'm much more into original series. I mostly bring them up just to make fun of them. Yeah. Um, I would say part of the purpose of the exercise here is to watch these episodes and give yeah, our impressions yeah, of absolutely. them. absolutely. I'll tell you, guaranteed, I haven't seen The Child in at least a decade, probably two. Um, mostly I said a I couple years ago for the first time when I was re-watching. Yeah. I, I watched the original series, the first season when it was airing, when I was six. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen any of it since. Like, I saw all of it again a couple years ago when I got the DVDs and now, now I'm re-watching them for the first time. Yeah. Ah, man. So, things to talk about with this episode. <laughs> Riker finally has a beard! Yeah, Riker's the beard! beard. Let's talk about Riker's beard. beard! This is a great... Which, which is majestic. It's, it's it, not quite it's, there it's yet. It's not quite there yet. It hasn't filled out yet. Like, it's still... It's kind of a... It's thin. And it's too well-groomed. Like, I mean, it's yeah. very severely groomed. Like, the lines are harsh. Well, you, you can tell that, you know, clearly Frakes is just still kind of getting the hang of having a beard. Yeah, yeah. It, it hasn't as, as a As yet. a beard owner yeah. myself, you know, I, mm-hmm. I I can recognize this. And But he does have an excellent beard going forward, and it's a really weirdly essential part of the character. Yeah. Uh, Riker, the beard weirdly enough, I find warms him up, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I find Riker a much more appropriate much more appealing character with the beard than I did without. It makes his his expressions funnier. Yeah. So yeah. like all, all the points in this episode where he's weirdly jealous of an inanimate object. Oh, yeah. so good. <laughs> it's 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 that much funnier because he has that beard and like oh you're cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, that's something to talk about. Uh, when the uh, announcement is made that Deanna is pregnant. Riker just goes into ultra jealousy mode instantly. You know, like, Riker has laid claim to that particular bit of uh, uterine real estate, (laughs) and he will be damned if anyone else is going to be using it for their own purposes. The best is when she's giving birth and he just kind of hovers into view. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he just, like, slides past the doorway. He's just just waiting to see this kid, you know, so he better look like me. He better have a fucking beard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. 
you know, and it's weird because Data is essentially filling the role of the uh, of the father here. You know, he's the one holding uh, Deanna's hand and being there for the birthing experience. Yeah, clearly that is a role that would be better suited to Riker than I don't know. Like, though. That would have been weird. I think they decided not to do that, that on purpose. Weird. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I get why they did it, and it's it's a great uh, bit of uh, mm-hmm. of development for Data. Well, but... and also because this is when we introduce Data and Pulaski is not getting along and uh, any of us getting along with Pulaski. Okay, let's move on to Pulaski now because Pulaski's the worst. <laughs> She's like, just the worst character. Like, oh, I hate and, her. And and I like the actress, uh, Diana Mildar. Yeah. She's great. Uh, I loved her in uh, that thing I saw her in. That was Growing Pants thing. <laughs> no, she's in uh, Batman the Animated Series, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. She's the psychologist that looked after young Bruce oh, Wayne. right. You know? Crazy. She has a recurring role there as Dr. Leslie something or other yeah I do remember oh, wow. that yeah. yeah she was great and uh, I we saw her in a movie like a while back remember she was young-ish uh, was she in The Swimmer yes yes she was yes. she was one of the people in the first party in The yeah, Swimmer yeah yeah and we were all kind of taken aback because she was youngish and hottish but uh, Wait. But, you know, I mean, it's Dr. Pulaski. Remember when we showed that to Kim and Kim lost her freaking mind? <laughs> She's like, what? Yeah, uh, young uh, Diana Mildar is... Uh, Amazing. It's She's in two episodes of the original Trek as well as mm-hmm. Dr. Miranda Jones. Yeah, that's right. And She's- Anne Mulhall. Yeah, she's a uh, she's all uh, Cynthia in the swimmer. Yeah, she's she's all sex appeal in the original series. Like she's like I can't remember whether it's like Spock who falls in love with her or it's been a couple years since I rewatched the original mm-hmm. series. At any rate, uh, yeah, she's in that. She, but, I think she wears those funky red glasses oh, yeah, to yeah. look at the stuff. Yeah, but like you know, she's a good actress. It's just she's so terribly miscast as yeah. this character, and this character is just really misconceived because They're, this is a politically correct Star Trek. Yeah, this is the late '80s, early '90s version of Star Trek, and it they can't do the character of Bones as a woman. That, that's that's all she is. Yeah, she. They're really trying bones. hard to do the uh, the Bones thing. But Bones doesn't work in Next Gen because his character had... Bones is archaic. Yeah, exactly. He's he's behind the times. Yeah, you know, he, he's the Archie Bunker of the Star Trek universe. <laughs> yeah, she just sort of comes off as a jerk. Yeah, she, is, she's totally yeah, like especially she, to Data. Yeah, uh, she's awful she to Data. Who Data. she calls Data, yeah. yeah. Oh, she just did that the whole time, like all season. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and then when Data corrects her, and instead of, you know, taking that at face value the way she would for anyone else, she decides to, you know, be all, you know, like, oh my goodness, how could a machine have bruised feelings blah 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 it's like fuck you lady well again but th- that's that's the same kind of relationship that Bones had with Spock in the original mm-hmm. series so so it's yeah. them trying to revive that dynamic but she's not able to pull that off and yeah. the character isn't able yeah, to pull that off yeah it doesn't work with them it works much better with uh, Pulaski and Worf Pulaski and Worf have a really good relationship in season 2 uh, and I would dare say that Pulaski and Worf is the only redeeming thing to come out of Pulaski being in next gen at all. Well, it's because Worf's such an adorable teddy bear. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's the cool thing is to see Worf finds his almost his match in Pulaski, which is uh, which is quite interesting. Oh, there's a, a car horn going off outside. Cool. All right. <laughs> well, if any of you can hear that, uh, we apologize, but we're not going to stop recording. So, someone no. appears to be laying on a car horn. Is there something yeah. dead out there? Maybe. Yeah, possibly. We, we this is a busy intersection. This things happen, and... but we didn't hear a crash or nothing. No, no, it's still going. Okay. 
good, good. All right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not distracting at all. No, no. Not in the least. You know, I'm totally going to be able to talk right through this. Mm. This car horn is still going. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, kind of derailed my train of thought. Yeah. That will happen a lot. I'm a little worried about that. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. Yeah, it's uh, it's still going. Um, hmm. Like, that's not an alarm. That's, no, that's, no, that, that's, that's someone on a car horn. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna pause this recording for a second and yeah. go take a look. And we're back, and that car horn is still going strong. I believe we were ripping Pulaski. Yes, let's uh, let's tear Pulaski apart some more. Um, she's got a uh, different uniform from everybody else. Like instead of the jumpsuit, she's her. She's got a tunic over pants, and the tunic comes down partway over the pants, like a almost like a uh, like a skirt or a uh, yeah. smock, as it were. Oh, I yeah, think it's yeah. supposed to be, you know, the medical uniform and I like it actually I think that would have been a good way to go with the medical staff yeah she's not wearing a she's not wearing a Gates McFadden Cardi no no Gates starts wearing like did, yeah she wore the uh, trench coat like right from the beginning didn't yeah, she right in the oh, first yeah. season yeah. right away right away yeah. I seem to recall that uh, there were stories or rumors that uh, she had that to cover a preg- that they used it extensively to cover her pregnancy in a later season oh could be could be yeah. uh, I'm not sure I mean it would yeah yeah totally uh, so what else are we forgetting about the episode uh, the child the hand is, the child is named Iandra after Troy's after, father yeah after her uh, human father because that's a that's a human name that's a right? totally legit human yeah. name yeah for reals could be um, at uh, you guys caught uh, <laughs> best blooper in the episode yeah so uh, yeah there uh, there's a sequence where they're transporting on the deadly uh, I guess uh, plague samples onto the ship so they're sh- they're beaming them up like a batch at a time so uh, Jordy is coordinating this from the uh, the cargo Bay and then is uh, communicating up to Data and Miles O'Brien in the transporter room. So the sort of the sequence goes: Data and O'Brien look down at the panel. Then you see the shot of there are clearly the only two people in the transporter room. And then Jordy says, "Beam some stuff up." And then they look at each other. They hit some buttons on some buttons on the panel. And then you look down and see a black man's hand operate the transporter <laughs> controls. At which point things beam up. Uh, maybe O'Brien has some serious tanning going on in his hand. But to me. It looked like his his hand in shadow but uh both of you uh i'm willing <laughs> to defer to you i don't know, I don't know. Not, but... this is the hd restored version right? <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah, we're, we're watching the blu-rays here yeah uh, miles o'brien maybe he's black irish yeah. maybe yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> who knows it, it was just visually it was a funny, <laughs> funny blooper you know they probably just recycled some footage or something. but then after that the whole episode i was cheering i was rooting for more <laughs> more miscues on that front i think that's the only time it happened unfortunately Okay, I'm going to pause this again because that horn is still going and I'm going to call the police because... It's good, yeah. I am... And we're back. The horn is still going, but we've contacted the police now, so we're heroes. We did it. We did it. Good work, guys. High fives. Oh, that uh, was weak. No one saw, though. They've... I'm drinking. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Too no. much synthahol for Jay. <laughs> shake that off. Uh, our, uh, our boy uh, Foley here has plenty to say on the subject of synthahol. Oh, don't give it. <laughs> Please, yeah, that, that's the not lamest again. Thing. It's terrible. I, I guess we should save it for an episode that it comes up again. Because yeah. it does come up again. Oh, yeah. All right. What were we talking about? I know we were still talking about Pulaski in some manner. Yeah, I, I was talking about the uniform. 
I believe. Oh. Uh, how it's uh, it's kind of different from the standard uniform. And I quite liked it as a uh, as an alternate uniform for the medical staff. It seemed appropriate. Are the women wearing muscle suits too? I do don't know. know. Or is it just the, um, the dudes? Did we mention that, that yet, by the way? No. I'm sorry, what? The muscle uniform? Muscle? No, we didn't. No. Okay. Um, starting this season, uh, from what I understand, according to Will Wheaton, underneath all of their jumpsuits, the cast are wearing muscle suits. Like molded muscle suits? Yeah. Like, essentially just to help fill out the uniform and, you know, create the lines they're looking for. I assume this is so they look like George Michael in uh, Arrested <laughs> Development? Uh, I think basically what's going on is, uh, like, they wanted to even things out. They didn't want any more pointy android nipples, for instance. Reasonable, actually. You know? Quite fair. So, and I'm not sure whether the muscle suit continues into Season 3, because in Season 3, they're all wearing tunics at that point. Like, they're no longer wearing Lycra. They are not in spandex anymore. Come Season 3, uh, the uh, uniform top is an actual shirt, and uh, the pants are a separate piece, and it they fit differently. Like, they fit more like a uniform than, uh, than a onesie. It's a better look. It is. It's a much better look. Well, especially on Wheaton, because he has that turtleneck, terry cloth onesie, and yeah. it's, <laughs> it's it's the silliest outfit. It's so goofy. And poor, poor Wesley. He keeps getting saddled with some truly tragic fashions. Like, what I do mean, you mean? His outfits in season one are awesome. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on now. Like, I mean, they're awesome because they're ridiculous and crazy. Well, yeah. And, but yeah, like his his ensign uniform in season in season one, pretty bad. But wouldn't you say it's better than his gray ensign outfit? Uh, this gray you know, one's pretty I, I like it. I personally like it better than the gray one. But if I were to rate it on its uh, mm-hmm. utility as a uniform, I think the gray one looks more in line with Starfleet uniform than uh, than the uh, I don't know the sweater with the rainbow <laughs> piping. It kind of looks like he's wearing like long woolen pajamas. I think if I was if I if I was a Romulan captain and I basically pulled up the Enterprise on the view screen in the middle of a conference, you know, in the middle of some sort of showdown between the two ships, and I saw the dude in the gray outfit, I would think that's the guy that everybody else on the ship is making fun of. <laughs> like they have <laughs> they're playing uh-huh. a prank on him, yeah. or, or or that everyone is just humoring. Yeah, or he lost a bet or something. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, Things get better in Season 3 when Wesley will be in a proper Starfleet uniform at that point. He will be a uh, field commissioned officer at that stage. Yeah. Uh, The only person who manages to not get into uniform until, like, Season 5 or 6 is Deanna Troy. Yeah, because, you know, why would she? Because... You know, her her purpose on the ship is feeling things. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Her job is to have feelings. <laughs> oh, uh, her, she's uh, my, she's. Oh, I don't care for her. That's fair. <laughs> uh, that, so, that's something. Her uh, her cheerleader hair is back. We haven't yeah. seen that since Encounter at Farpoint. It's an improvement on her uh, her crazy bun from. Yeah, yeah, that that severe librarian look she had going on is yeah. uh, is no more. No more intricate braided hair anus on her head. So you're right though. She's basically wearing casual wear all the time, and she yeah. elects to wear those things. So why, like, why is she just not in pajamas or something? Well, so much when, more when she's pregnant, she does look like she's yeah. In well, pajamas. yeah, when she's pregnant, yeah. she comes on the bridge in like a fucking robe. That yeah. was totally reasonable though. <laughs> like, it wasn't that far different from what she usually wears. That's true. Right. It looked pretty ridiculous, though. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, the thing about her casual gear is it still looks relatively professional to my eyes. You know? It's a cat suit. Like, she's wearing... Com- it's spacey, but... Yeah, by, by professional? Com- by comparison to, like, the uh, Starfleet uniform, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, the Starfleet uniform is essentially a cat suit as well, except <laughs> that it's got, uh, like, some some slashes of uh, black uh, on it. 
you know, but it is a one. It's still a lycra onesie. It is a onesie. So I don't think we can. I don't think we can judge her too harshly when the prevailing fashion sense of the 24th century appears to be lycra onesies. Even so, though, she's a commissioned officer, right? Mm. How, how come she Shouldn't gets out she? of wearing well, the uniform? Well, no, she's she's not a commissioned officer. I don't think because that's what happens when she gets into uniform is she takes the bridge officer exam. Oh, uh, yeah, because she's a counselor. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, right. I'm not sure exactly what her role in Starfleet technically is. You know, like we never hear her referred to by any rank. You know, so, well, she's you always figure, referred to as counselor. Do you figure she's like a diplomat? Oh no, she just kind of has diplomat community so she just wears whatever we talked about wants. this a bit last season about whether like yeah. whether she was like a uh, civilian contractor you know like whether uh, my, you my, know. I'm pretty sure we did talk about this and I'm pretty sure my, my feeling on it always was that she was a commissioned officer mm-hmm. she just happened to hold a somewhat honorary rank which she later legitimized by taking the bridge officer's exam yeah so I mean that's actually... sort of the feeling I get I think but she still is like a, a full member of the Starfleet yeah and such yeah, well, what cool. I uh, and an officer. I think what I take away from it is that they just didn't really think about it very much. They just wanted to. They have... just want some variety in the. Outfits, yeah, they're I just think. like, yeah. hey, let's put a psychic on the bridge. That'll be neat. Let's do that. Can can she look hot? Kinda. I would right. I would have really liked it though if they. I mean, they never did this, but if we'd seen other counselors and they all similarly had to wear space cat suits, <laughs> well, that's just the ro- yeah. uniform you e- get e- with e- that role. E- even the dudes. Oh, especially you know, like, the dudes. Of like, course, like Doctor Cats, except wearing you know, a purple Where, onesie. Doctor Cats, or preferably. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pretend that I brought up Doctor Cats specifically for that pun now. Good work. Yeah, yeah preferably thanks. he'd be wearing like Troy's turquoise like floor length uh, dress number for yeah. season four. Mm. Well, okay, but here here's another thing, and this is just totally tangential because it has nothing to do with this episode. But with the Betazoids who can read minds and all of that stuff for tactical advantage, wouldn't that be like a really important thing? Like, wouldn't you want to have a Betazoid on every ship? You'd want her to be like um like their tactical officer is Beta Z, right? You know, w- wouldn't that just be kind of almost essential because like if one person has them they have so much advantage over yeah. everyone else and then not only that you know not only can no. they read the enemy yeah. they can read the captain too so they yeah. can start you know enacting the captain's orders practically before the captain has given them you'd want, yeah. her, you'd want her basically to be Neil Patrick Harris in Starship Troopers yes hell yeah, yeah. absolutely space Nazis man Psychor. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, here, here's a tip: shoot them in the uh, shoot them in the nerve stem and take them down. Good. Yeah, it's but Starfleet. <laughs> Brilliant. Starfleet just is Starfleet. Patrick Harris, his his triumphant return with uh, with the Starship Troopers and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> the two the two movies that really brought him back. Starship Trooper, Starfleet just doesn't roll like that. Though. No. They never no. take advantage of things when they could. It's why we don't. <laughs> we. It's well, why they don't have. Uh, cloaking devices that, that sort of comes up in measure of a man though doesn't it because they, they want to build the data for oh yeah yeah they, they they make yeah. the uh they get into all that except with androids over beta zeds yeah. you know yeah. but Beta-Zoids. i don't know the the beta zeds that that seems a hell of a lot more useful in a yeah, certainly. organization although from what i the impression i get of beta zeds is that we don't we only ever <laughs> damn you guys both ways no the planet's called beta zed the people are beta zoids 
Anyway. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the should be. The Betazoids that uh, we encounter are, generally speaking, uninterested in doing Starfleet shit. Yeah, you know? especially Deanna's mom, who's just great. Oh, uh, Loxana. Yeah. <laughs> what a, like, I mean, what a we, pant load. We've, we've met other Betazoids, and uh, none of them seem interested in Starfleet. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Deanna Troy is one of the few Betazoids in Starfleet. I keep having to force myself to say Betazoids. Thank you. I, I apologize to any Betazoids we <laughs> Many of them. Oh, man. <laughs> what do Betazoids do with their time? Do we know? Do we have any idea? Boning, if, if <laughs> yeah, Roxana is any indication. Oh, yeah, yeah, remember. Yeah. Remember, they... When uh, the ladies reach a certain age, their sex drive, like sex tuples, well, uh, I'm gonna go so, with like, sex tuples, like, or or greater. And then like Riker was like greater. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me that, and Dan's like, I didn't want to scare you off. And you can just see Riker high fiving himself in his head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It well, and, you know, they get married in the nude, and you know yeah. th- that seems like a really central part of their society. Yeah. And Luxana is like the biggest horn dog in the Star Trek universe. True. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So yeah, um, I they don't they don't come across as being very uh, Starfleet minded. You know, like I don't get the impression that a lot of Betazoids are like, gosh, you know what I'm going to do with my life instead of you know just boning all sorts of hot Betazoid women all the time or Betazoid dudes as the case may be mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm going to go live on a ship full of like repressed people and be constantly bombarded by their thoughts and yeah you know going off that what what does that say about Roddenberry's utopian future that everyone's (laughs) very repressed very uh, buttoned down I don't know like I mean I don't know Riker doesn't seem all that repressed I mean Riker's pretty freewheeling yeah in in a later season Riker's gonna have a kind of semi-relationship with like some androgynous alien that starts to identify as female and that's a huge sin on their planet. Yeah. Right, Riker seeks Jamaharan. I don't know what that means. Uh, so the sound rises. Basically, uh, rises like, are, are, are you looking too bone? <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's just Riker. And it, the the rest of the culture just, it's, it's just yeah. not there. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's not we only have well a few, we only have a few, like, characters that we really get, you know, deep with on in that sense. I mean, like, Picard is certainly portrayed as, like, fairly buttoned down. But even then, you know, he has some romances over the yeah, course of the Yeah, he's <laughs> Fash. Oh god. Um, so none of that has anything to do with this terrible episode. And then there's Jordy. <laughs> and then there's Jordy, forever oh. sexless. Sorry, oh, Jordy. 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 He, he 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 tried. Yeah, he, he tried. Tries. You know, I mean, you just kind of feel like he should buy himself a fedora and go cry on the internet or something. <laughs> it's so harsh. It's rough, but uh, Jordy is kind of the quintessential nice guy of the Star Trek universe. You know, I mean, he, canonically, Data gets laid more than he does. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a burn. Snap. <laughs> Ouch. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do we have any more thoughts on the child? Uh, I don't. I wonder if that child actor did anything else. I expect not. I don't know. That that. Uh, who knows? Maybe. I believe he grew up to play Boner on. Boner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was concurrent with Boner. <laughs> All right. Fine. Okay. Well, I, I guess one thing we have mentioned is Worf's. Oh yeah, Worf being awesome as always. Yeah, Worf is great as always, but he get it's so rare that Worf gets to partake in humor or that they use Worf humorously in the show, uh, like well. And this time they they really kind of nail it for him, where uh, they're having the discussion on the bridge about how Wesley wants to stay on the Enterprise because the uh, you know he was going to go off to live with his mom, but he wants to stay on the Enterprise where things are fun. Yeah, you know. And Picard's like, well, you know, I mean, if he stays, this is going to be you know trouble for all of us. I mean. 
someone's going to have to be in charge of his schooling. That'll go to Data. And, you know, and Riker's like, and who will tuck him in at night? And then Worf just steps right in there like, I will take on that responsibility. It's great. It's gold. It's like stone-faced, not a, not a hint of humor there. You know, <laughs> like total deadly earnest. Yes, I will be in charge of tucking the boy in at night. He nailed that line. The other, the other, the other top-notch acting moment on the show was near the beginning. The again, when the same subject of Wesley staying or leaving the ship, the super awesomely awkward conversation between him, uh, between Wesley and Picard. <laughs> oh yeah, in the, the turbo the, lift. Yeah, in the turbo lift. Oh and god, Picard is like desperately trying not to look at Wesley like he is staring the most amazing thousand yard stare yes they're they're facing each other like Wesley is literally a foot and a half closer to him yeah Wesley's staring right at him and Picard is like pretending like Wesley isn't even there it was incredible you know he's he's just like freezing Wesley out it was great (laughs) It, it was like running into a really bad ex that's what I was thinking the whole time. It, it like, really feels like, oh, like this that. is like, so awkward. Uh, yeah, like, Wesley, look, I know I said I'd call I you, but... Why did I ever hit that, uh, you know? Uh, come to my quarters tonight. Mm. Don't talk. Oh, man. It and really, great. most of Wesley's interactions throughout the episode are like that. Yeah. yeah Even with Guinan. Yeah, the uh, the interaction with Guinan was... I mean, the Guinan sweet. stuff is great, but... Uh, okay, I mean, I don't hate Wesley the way a lot of people do. And I really like Will Wheaton. But Will Wheaton, he's not a great actor. He certainly wasn't then. Yeah. And e- even... T- well, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak to his acting ability today because I've never seen him today playing anything other than himself. Well, you know? I've seen him make speeches and stuff, and he has a lot more personal oh, charm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's a great storyteller and you know he, he tells great personal anecdotes he's an excellent host on tabletop uh, but I've never actually seen him play a role listen the exchange in the L- in the turbo lift that's all I needed to see I <laughs> give those guys both like a team Emmy uh, for that it was great best post romantic scene yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> oh man better than most rom-coms yeah Totally. Uh, there's really so little to cover in this episode. Like, um, it's weirdly flat. There, there's nothing that happens. Uh, <laughs> the she she gets impregnated by the sprite. Uh, yeah. There's she makes her adamant uh, Papa don't preach that, yeah, speech. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. having this baby, and, and and they're all like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, Picard's like, well, I guess that's that. You know, which is good per se. Like, it would have been really easy uh, in the '80s for for them to have gone a different route and say, yeah. no, no, no. So uh, bodily autonomy, that's good stuff. You know, just especially in the '80s because it wasn't. Uh, well, it's just such a weirdly drama-free episode. I mean, we have yeah. the plague, but it's so deep. As a B story that it yeah. barely even registers. Yeah, like it's more important that this child who's lived for two days dies. Yeah, we, and we don't care. No, we don't. And like, we sure, keep... it hurts Troy, but we don't care about Troy. <laughs> no, we don't. And we yeah. keep flipping back and forth too. Like every time, like we get a really tense scene with the like, oh man, this plague. It's starting to grow in the cells. You know, the whole ship is doomed. And then we cut to puppies. But those know? were cute puppies. Those were cute golden puppies. lab puppies. Yeah, I mean, come on, you know. Starfleet is Whatever. a puppy mill on the side because you know those warp engines don't fuel themselves. You just replicate all the puppies you want. But uh, 
We've talked about this. That just you can't replicate living things. I'm not certain of that. No, I'm not either. Yeah. You can definitely replicate repl- puppy steaks. Yeah. Oh, puppy steaks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's like veal except puppy. Oh, I think we talked about this. Like I'd be replicating. I'd be replicating rare and endangered animal meat all the time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I want dodo for dinner. <laughs> I want cockapo. You, you got to know what what the hype was. Yeah, ro- right? roast cockapo. Right. It's not like I even have to. Oh. It's not like the animals have to die. I'm just, this is nah. totally off topic but did you hear that they caught a fucking great white shark off the coast of our island yeah man yeah man like shit great white sharks here yeah. oh yeah yeah it's kind of cool it it's is awesome. kind of cool like i mean it's not like i went swimming here anyways but definitely not now i was certainly terrified swimming in the ocean as a child yeah, like, oh but shit. i still did it you know like you know if i were ever going to, to go in the ocean here i would have comforted myself with the knowledge that well at least there won't be sharks eh, wrong sharks thanks nature Shark wouldn't hurt you. No, he'd, they're pretty he'd, safe. He'd eat me. Maybe. Maybe. Only if he's really hungry. Anyways, um, sharks. Uh, so, um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's really very little to say about this particular episode, which I, I I haven't seen the whole series, but I feel pretty confident saying it's in the bottom three. Well, like the the season finale of season two, arguably worse, but it's a clip show. It's not really its fault. Yeah, this episode is pretty bad. I mean, we have it's not as bad as some of the episodes in season one, though. Like season really? one, had, oh yeah, oh, this this like, flew by compared to some of them. <sighs> Yeah, season one had some real stinkers. In I it, remember like. some of the, like again. I, I only watched all of them just a couple of years ago. Yeah, and while I recall a lot of them being boring, I don't remember any of them being annoyingly bad the way this. Code one of was. Honor. Which one's I, Code of Honor? Black People Planet. Oh, that one's pretty bad. That's yeah. also a Phase Two episode, isn't it? We don't know. Like we, we sure. talked about that. It on sure the, feels like an original get series. On yeah, we we tried. Era. Like we looked into it, but we could not get any confirmation that it wasn't. Because that one is really bad. It does. It feels very much like an original series very episode. Very much. Like, initial, my initial thought wasn't even Phase 2, that it was, like, just a, a leftover script original or a series. Spec script someone but, sent But uh, here's the thing that uh, makes me wonder, though, is, you know, the Black People Planet episode, they weren't written as black people. That, that happened during production. The script didn't specify any kind of uh, racial anything. So that was that was a uh, decision that was made during the production. They decided, hey, let's make this a planet of black people. And uh, how did yeah. they get away with that in they, 1987? They thought it would be empowering, but instead, it was really, really racist. Oh God! Yeah, it was really bad. Um, <sighs> Yeah, there are plenty of uh, there are plenty of tragic episodes in season one. I highly recommend you go back and listen to the uh, to the podcast that you're now a part of. <laughs> I probably will. Yeah, there you go. It'll give you an excuse to watch those episodes and or not. <laughs> and, and trust I, me, I recently I, watched those. Yeah, episodes. I, th- I think you can probably get away with not watching the episodes. Uh, oh man, we, Skin we, of Evil traumatized me as a child. Skin like, of Evil legitimately was traumatized. That's me fair. That's when fair. it was originally aired, I was six years old and I watched that and I was very disturbed. But Armus is a uh, creepy sludge thing but like re-watching it as an adult it's a terrible episode really bad and the, badly the blotch written. on it's her face so stupid you know it's like it looks like face paint like it looks like she got that done at the county fair like some someone like the face painter was drunk and was like it's a butterfly 
pretty much. It's really bad. So we got a lot to look forward to in season two. Yeah, season two has uh, got some interesting stuff coming up and some crazy stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Season two also has some great episodes. Like, it's got Measure of a Man, which is a fantastic episode. Yeah. But it's also got The Clip Show, which <laughs> ain't so good. And we're going to have to put up with Pulaski. Pulaski. Oh, uh, we are going to get our Sherlock Holmes episode and Moriarty, though. Oh, That's coming out of oh, season. Nice. That's the season. We, we rate every episode. We yes. sign it a rank. Yeah, we, we rank okay. them. They're they're done on the uh, on the Starfleet rankings. So there's uh, there's like noncom, and then there's uh, ensign, yeah, acting ensign, ensign, junior lieutenant, yeah, right, lieutenant commander, so on. Yeah. So the lowest possible rank, right? Yeah, the lowest possible rank is noncom, I think. So that's like I guess really so. nothing lower. Well, we've made up one. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, we've uh, <laughs> you can make something up if you want. Yeah, we've uh, done like we d- we pulled out an acting ensign for uh, one episode, yeah, which gave it like the stripey thing instead of instead right. of pips. Oh, that's great. I wouldn't go so far as to call this a uh, as to call this a uh, the worst ever. Like mm. I think it's it's a boring episode, but I've seen so much worse from Next Gen, especially coming out of season one. Like this is this this episode was easy pie compared to some of the harsher stuff in season one. I'll give this one an ensign. Ensign, yeah, mm, interesting. I'll give it an ensign. I'd say this is a pretty good episode for me to poop on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll give it a yeah, I'll give it an ensign. All right, that's two ensigns. Oh, I give it a hard non-com. Okay. No, like you know, when I was originally watching the series a couple years ago, when I first rewatched it, and and I had I didn't finish rewatching. I'm only like five seasons in, so mm-hmm. and you know I'll, I'll catch up with you guys. But you know, I remember I, I watched all the way through the first season. Like, there's some bad stuff. This is the first one where I was like, oh. Geez. Jesus, is this ever going to get better? <laughs> Holy Christ, was this ever bad? Uh. <laughs> like, it just offended me how bad it was. And just the premise, you know, that yeah. she gets raped by a, a Tinkerbell space light thing. and yes. it's Jesus. Oh, man. It made me so mad. And it's the worst, and I hate it. All right. I think we'll wrap it up there. What's what's the next episode coming up? Where Silence Has Lease. Oh! Nagilam. <laughs> Nagilam. Yep. <laughs> so, everybody, coming up next is Where Silence Has Lease, the Nagilam episode. It is also- like a... Hole in space. Yeah, it's it's a terrible. It, well, I mean, I I particularly love this episode, but it's it has Worf doing yeah. calisthenics. Yeah, it's got it's that right. guy dying. Oh yeah, you know, with, uh, which got turned into a very racist but also <laughs> hilarious GIF, uh, where like I'm not even gonna say it. I, I'll post it when we uh, can look that up. Yeah, people can look that up. So yeah, uh, season two, episode two, where silence has lease with Nagilam, where they find a hole in space, something that the Enterprise or that Starfleet has never encountered before, except in an episode of the original series, which is why it is so important to keep logs. People, it's probably tucked away in like the captain's log without having been properly reported to Starfleet. Who's got time to read all those? Though? I know, right? That yeah. Kurt guy, he wasn't very bookish. No, no, clearly not. Uh, too much spending, too much time, uh, like looking after uh, Yeoman. Rand, who passed away recently. That's sad. Uh, she was, was also Lord Sanatroy, wasn't it? No, no, that was... Uh, oh, Lox- right, no, that's Bishop. Uh, no, Loxana Troy was uh, Michelle Barrett-Roddenberry. Yeah, no, well, what's... Nurse... Nurse... Yeah. Chapel? Nurse Chapel? Chapel! Is also, Bishop. Yeah, uh. Nurse Chapel is also Michelle Barrett. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Yeoman Rand passed away recently. Oh, really? And that's sad. about that. Yeah. yeah. She's the one with the bacon weave. Yeah, hair, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The uh, yeah. the the weird wicker style beehive. Mm-hmm. Quite strange. All right, so uh, that is it for uh, season two, episode one. Thanks for joining us here aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. I'm Foley. Jay, and we will see you next time. <laughs>